0: This is T.D.P.S.
1: Eric! Yes, Christopher? Are you sick of doing promos for my new books yet?
0: That depends.
1: Are we at the beach? Yes, we're at Sapphire Cove, the fictional Southern California resort featured in my new gay romance series coming in 2022. This is alarming. When did we go outside? You were transported by the powerful prose of C. Travis Rice. That's my new pen name devoted to steamy and emotional tales of romance between men.
0: Yeah, no, that's not it. I was about to eat a sandwich in the studio and now I'm being harassed by seagulls.
1: Brandon, get rid of the seagulls, please. Oh, that's much better. Now I have to pee. First, pre-order your copy of Sapphire Sunset, the first installment in the Sapphire Cove series, which goes on sale March 1st, 2022, from Blue Box Press when a new member of the resort security department falls hard for the nephew of the wealthy family that owns the place, sparks fly, and sexy scandal ensues at Sapphire Cove. Uh, Yeah, could you pre-order that for me? I'm going to run to the little podcaster's room.
0: Brandon, come get this seagull.
1: I can't help it if my writing Uh, sets the uh, scene.
0: I know what I'm going to set if someone doesn't come get this seagull. Where'd you get that sandwich?
1: Sapphire Sunset, the first book in the Sapphire Cove series from C. Travis Rice. Now available for pre-order. Eric. Yes, Christopher? Have you been to my website lately? Why would I go to your website? You're sitting right here. Well, it's the place to find out all about my new books. <laughs> ChristopherRiceBooks.com This ad did not go as planned. This was an ad? Hi, I'm Christopher Rice. I'm Eric Shaw Quinn. And you're listening to TDPS Presents Christopher and Eric. And I wish you could all see Christopher's eyebrows. <laughs> Why?
0: They What's go, going on? They go
1: with that voice he uses in the introduction. Dancing announcer eyebrows. Are they waggling? Waggling <laughs> eyebrows? Have you ever put that in a book? He waggled his they're, eyebrows? They're expressive. Expressive <laughs> eyebrows. Never been waxed. I'm trying to think. I think it's one of those
0: da- one of Dax's characters from, I think his name is Dax, um, from Saturday Night Live. He's the guy who just bought a boat Sometimes, but I don't...
1: Oh, your boyfriend. You think he's cute. He plays no, Eric Mike, Trump.
0: Mikey Day is the one
1: I think. Oh, is... right, right. But you you wouldn't kick Dax out of bed either, would you? But I don't think he's the one who... Does
0: he play Eric Trump?
1: Uh, yeah, Well, yeah, Mikey Day plays Donald Trump Jr. Yeah. And then Eric Trump, I think, is, is the guy who just bought a boat, is it yeah. Eric Trump. I mean, yeah. the same actor.
0: So, whose name... Possibly, maybe Dax, and if it's not
1: Dax, we're really sorry. <laughs> we're really sorry, and welcome to another episode of We Don't Remember Their Name. We don't remember what your name is, but, but let um, let's tell people upfront if they placed a bet based on our last episode about whether or not we were going to be back in our studio by the time we did this one. Um, and you voted yes, or you bet yes. I don't know how betting works because it's a sin and it's illegal. Um, we are back in our studio. We're back. And if you and if you had a bet on it, we really think you need to look into hobbies and recreation because <laughs> wow. That's kinda sad. That's really a sad thing. But apparently a group of our listeners are party people, they take a drink, um, just all the time. They're just always taking a drink.
0: <laughs> that's been my impression. <laughs> <That's> really- <laughs> I no. think it's the only way they wound up—they couldn't figure out how to change the channel, and that's how they wound up listening to the
1: show. <laughs> I love that we always talk like it's a channel. It hasn't been a channel for like 20 years. It's a podcast. If you're listening to the wrong podcast by mistake, you have deeper problems, right? Like if you— if you.
0: <laughs> well, we're always talking about—people always talk about tape.
1: Yeah, that's right. Cut that's right.
0: and tape. And, mm-hmm. like, there hasn't been tape for—
1: No, Absolutely.
0: A really long time.
1: Anyway, what are you doing? Well, What's going I fucked on? up my teacup.
0: It, I gave you the. I gave you the good one. Well, I it was had so much water in the bottom of it. Oh no! That it's the little stopper slipped up inside. We'll see. Oh. Maybe I can round up some tweezers
1: from the first aid kit. That's my fault because I took them home and put them through the dishwasher. Okay, so here's the thing, party people. We're not going to tell you why we had to vacate our studio for a while. Um, except to say that if you're around Eric and he hears a strange sound, make sure he's not near any baseball bats because that's essentially what happened. He heard something in the walls and he went after it with his bat and there were holes everywhere and shredded wires. So that's
0: the cover story.
1: That's the cover story. Christopher
0: said there would be a cover story. I should have known that it would involve something that, yeah, I would, that sounds like me. Like, like, the, <laughs> like, you know, my trusty baseball bat. I seem <laughs> like the guy who would have one. <laughs> my bat collection. I once put a metal, like a, you know, a lead pipe. It wasn't, but it was something, a metal rod of some sort underneath the seat in my car. And a normal-sized friend of mine found it underneath the seat Mm -hmm. in my car and said, what is this? And I said, oh, I, you know, I put it under the seat so I would have something to defend myself with. And he said, I see. Well, that looks to be about just big enough for somebody to take it away from you and beat you to death with it. And I was like, you know, that's a really good point. I probably, and I got rid of it and that was it for me and weapons. I was like, yeah, "Yeah, if I bring the weapon, it's likely... That's likely to be my first mistake. (laughs) I'm introducing
1: the instrument of my own demise.
0: I'm going to stay out of bringing the weapons and let people show up with weapons. There's nothing I can do about that, but there's no reason for me to bring
1: one. I think what it sounds like you just needed tire iron training. That's what you needed. You needed to be able to, you know, go to a course and swing it around with an instructor and figure out how to keep it from being taken away from you.
0: Yeah, I'm not sure. That's the part that I think is really tough to learn.
1: <laughs> but that's why it takes a lot of classes. I'm yeah. sure they have tire iron
0: classes somewhere. Yeah, and you probably have to have have the, the tire iron duct taped to your hand at all times <laughs> because— it's the it's the having the kung
1: fu grip to right. hang on to the totally. to the tire iron. Remember GI Joe with the kung fu grip? No. How do you know a GI Joe thing? And I don't. I'm so much um, more into GI Joe than you. I'm not going to finish Joe that sentence doll, doll, the way I, played. And I played with dolls. Don't be ridiculous. <laughs> Hot, attractive male dolls. Right. Absolutely. Right. Okay. Okay. Listen. Listen, Eric. Eric Shawcliffe. Linda. Listen. Today is a true crime TV club, but I did something this week that we can't forget to talk about because it's sort of the whole reason we started this podcast. As Shh, you point I thought out. we, we were not going to talk about it. <laughs> we that. are going to talk about it. I released a book this oh, week. Oh, that. Yes. Oh, okay. I thought we were talking about the other thing. No, no, we're not talking about okay. the other thing.
0: Yes. Christopher's wonderful new book, uh, Sunset. Sapphire (laughs) Sunset. I I loved it so much, I fucked
1: up the name. I forgot
0: the name of it. I always called it Sunset Cove, but that's not it. It's a series called
1: Sapphire Cove. Yes, correct. The book is called Sapphire Sunset. Yes, all the books are going to have Sapphire in the title until I realize that was a horrible plan, and I'm sick of. Pairing words with sapphire, but yes, that's it. Sapphire Sunset. It's a gay romance. I'm sure there was an ad for it at the head of this podcast, so this is probably annoying people to no end. But But that
0: uh, thing you've been hearing us do that ad for all this time, it's finally here. And so if you didn't pre-order it, now you can just... Order it. Order, order. order you, or order you it. can reorder it. Or order, 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 order it. Order it. Order, order, order it. it. Yeah. And you can, it'll be great for gift giving. Uh, you can start on that Christmas list now. Why wait till the last minute? In fact, by Christmas, there could be like
1: a collection started. Uh huh. Yeah, totally. There's going to be another installment in the series out in September. In fact, Sapphire Spring is already up for pre-order, so you can order that one. So, yeah, I'm just never going to stop with this gay romance thing. I just, you know, I am gay. I don't know if you knew this, but Uh, I am. Really? Yeah, I've been gay for a while, about three or four years. Well, clearly uh, no one had any idea. No one had any idea. I'm very shy and retiring on the issue.
0: Yes, and you, yeah, nobody would ever suspect, yeah. Yeah. Mm
1: -hmm. So, yeah, that's the thing. I don't really have much else to say. I feel like the book should speak for itself. Well... (laughs) I don't think
0: that's how books work. Although it's not how Christo- marketing works. Christopher did record the audio book of, of this, so in some ways the book does speak for itself. But it's still Christopher. Yeah, uh,
1: <laughs> it's Christopher yammering on about his. It's book. really.
0: It's a, no. It's really fun. It's, uh, it's a. It's this family owns. Every, Seafar Cove is a really spectacular um resort mm-hmm. in Orange County, California. Yes. It's mythological, but
1: it's mythological.
0: Christopher made it up and put it into a made-up piece of Orange County that, yes. that that will trick you if you try and find it on the map, I heard <laughs> it in, a, in a podcast sense. he did recently. Um, yeah. Other than mine. Mm-hmm. Um other than this one. I mean <laughs> hours, <laughs> I hours. Was like hours. Um uh yeah but it's and so each It's the common element. It's like the Plaza Suite Mm -hmm. of gay uh, romance. Yes, it's new gay people, all played by the same two actors. (laughs) No, I'm just kidding about that. They're very different. That's also an interesting part because I've read the second one. He mixes it up really nicely. But it's, um, but the common thing, the common thread is this wonderful resort, um, in Orange County, which I think Christopher secretly wants to own and live there. So.
1: I, don't, I wouldn't mind, although I was asked a question by my friend Zio Axelrod. Isn't that a great name, Zio what Axelrod? What a spectacular name. Yeah. Who are Zio
0: Axelrod's parents? I don't because know.
1: the Axelrods, obviously, Mr. and Ms. Axelrod. Well, I know her as Zeo, and that is also how she publishes her novels. So it may be a pen name. I don't know for sure. But uh, she had me on well, her. In- she made
0: it up herself. It's a great name. She's right. other peoples. Names. She
1: had me on her Instagram live last night, and she said, "If you could own Sapphire Cove, would you? And I said, i um if I were going to own a resort or a beachfront anything, I would probably want to be further north, like Central California or Northern California, I said, because like, I don't actually you, you and I are the same. We don't get in the ocean. We yeah. don't surf. We don't and go. And the Pacific
0: Ocean is freezing. It's freezing. So it doesn't make any difference about being from further north. It's freezing in yeah. Labor Day weekend in Southern California. The Pacific Ocean is still Freezing, yeah. And it's gross and disgusting, Yeah. in addition to right off the coast of Los Angeles. Oh, my God, no. Yeah, Santa Monica
1: Bay it. is like, they'll oh, have bleh, well, warnings. Don't get in the water if you have yeah. open sores, that yeah. kind of stuff. It's fine
0: to go save, go save in the water unless you have an open sore, which is like, really? So that's fine? But
1: I'm a walk along the coast in a sweater kind of guy. I'm a Cambria, totally. California, San With Simeon. On a great cloudy day, yeah. and it maybe
0: starts raining before I get back to
1: the right. house. And I...
0: Dry off by the fire with a hot cup of tea.
1: Totally. So, um, But that said, I do enjoy going down to Orange County. But I actually, I, a few weeks ago, I went down, or months ago, actually, I went down to Orange County. I stayed at one of the resorts that was the inspiration for Sapphire Cove. And my friend who lived locally came to meet me. And we were standing out on the uh, lobby balcony looking out over the pool and all the sparkling ocean. And I, I turned to her and I'm like, it's kind of hot here. <laughs> She was <laughs> like, "That's a weird complaint to make when you come to the beach, right? Everybody wants it to be warm." It's so
0: sunny. You remember yeah. we went to the beach for my sixtieth birthday. My oh, blankety zero. Right. Bre- my sixtieth birthday, um, and I was really pissed off because it was warm and sunny.
1: Yeah, you were. You I were was very really off. unhappy. I got a sunburn. I was pissed on your scalp too, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah, I was
0: really unhappy about
1: it. You yeah. wanted gray. You wanted Scandinavian yeah. crime drama coastline.
0: I did sandpipers.
1: Remember in, no.
0: it was that's the the luxury hotel that's the resort. Oh right, in Say Uncle. In yes, that, absolutely. Uh, where that takes it's obviously it's only the common element to the one novel, but but yeah, Sandpipers but, was but it was kind of the fantasy.
1: Would you want to own Sandpipers today? Would you want to go back to that coast? Well,
0: given the if it was under the conditions that are in um, uh, in 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 Uncle, I probably mm. would. Like I really love. There's a place called. Um, Baldhead, Baldhead Island, Head island yeah. uh, in North Carolina, which is maybe my favorite stretch. One of my favorite stretches of beach. Really? Um, it's just, it's isolated and it's beautiful and they don't have cars. You have to ride around in a golf cart because it's actually a sea turtle preserve. Mm-hmm. So there are no cars on the island. You have to take a ferry boat out to the island and... Mm-hmm then everything is just these little paths yeah. through the wilderness they get to the areas where that have been sold for people to build houses i would love to have a house there but no i'm with you i like probably like maybe off on an island off the coast of british columbia would be yeah. better for me or seattle or somewhere that direction um i want more rain and i want more cold yeah. i definitely want more rain i really or-
1: Povra Eric Shaw. Coin. the other night we get this alert on our phones, there a rain shower will begin at eleven thirty, and it starts to rain. And Eric sends me all these excited texts. He's like, "It's happening! It's happening!" And then, I mean, not thirty seconds later, it was just over. Like it was such an LA rain, it yeah. was like, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. It's like uh, one of those faucets at the.
1: At the airport, grade school or
0: whatever, <laughs> where it's timed and you, it just takes just long enough to get soap all over your hands and <laughs> it stops. Yeah,
1: exactly. And you have to do it
0: again with your elbow and ruin your suit because right. you've got soap all over it. Yeah. It's a, oh, I hate those. Yeah. It was that kind of rainstorm. I know. But yeah. And I actually, my fantasy now has gotten to be I would like to be, I would like to build a big old rambling house. And then I would like to build on the same property um, lots of little... Victorian houses and shops and stuff so that I have, like, a fake village that mm-hmm. can be, like, the guest village mm-hmm. where people can stay, but, like, where you could also have, like, a restaurant that you could have a party at that has a kitchen, but right. it isn't really open as to the general public as a restaurant. But if you wanted to go to a restaurant for dinner, you could, because there it is, or a bar where there's a stage and you could have a band or that right. kind of stuff. Um, I got the idea from um, oh, um, Bon Jovi. John oh, yeah? Bon Jovi um, has this spectacular. Yeah, John Bon Jovi and I should really like we could definitely we have the same taste in houses. This one or maybe John Bon Jovi's wife and I. I don't know which it is, <laughs> but one of the two of us, he's got this wonderful sort of um, mm-hmm. French uh, mensard house mansion. And then on the property, um, it's mm-hmm. on the coast of New Jersey. So it's still yeah. northern and rainier. So um He's he's built a little village. There's restaurants and a pub and different things around on the.
1: So you can entertain without actually having to have people in your house. Right, because that's very common here in Los Angeles. If you go to like a celebrity fundraiser at a big billionaire's house, the garden is open, but the house itself is roped off, (laughs) and there's security everywhere.
0: And some of the older houses, like in, um, uh, oh down by Wilshire down the Wilshire, uh, Hancock, Hancock Park, Park, Park
1: and right and yeah.
0: West Adams and over that way right actually have a separate structure that's usually in some way in conjunction with the tennis courts and the sporting elements of the house but it'll have like a big party room and a party kitchen and it's connected to the pool and other elements of, of the house but it's like a separate party house.
1: That's Um, that's right
0: there on the property. You know, it was a grander time.
1: It was a grander time. All right. Sapphire Sunset is currently available for sale. The sequel is available for pre order. And today we are going to bring you a true crime TV club that is all about sort of a hotel. I'm Christopher Rice. And I'm Eric Shaw Quinn. And Eric and I aren't just podcasters. And bitches. That's right. We're also authors. And you can buy all of our books at www.thedinnerpartyshow.com or tdps.tv and wherever ebooks
0: are sold.
1: Okay, so we promised you a true crime TV club today. Did we? Did yes, we really we promise did. that? We did. We Actually, I don't know if we did promise. Yeah, so yeah.
0: you're getting one. <laughs> and if we promised it, we we're keeping the promise. And if you don't want one, you've come to the wrong place because
1: you're getting one anyway. <laughs> you're getting a true crime TV club today. Um, our standard disclaimer, which I love saying because I love rules, especially if I made them up, is that there are no rules with True Crime TV Club. You do not have to go and watch this to know what we are talking about. We're going to try to serve it up in such scintillating detail that you will feel like you have watched the hour of television when you really you've just listened to these two bitches. So but the Which episode- negates
0: the original idea of True Crime TV Club. <laughs> Which is that- is that we would all
1: watch like book
0: club, you all read the same book and then you talk about it. This was going to be that, but but
1: but not. Every now and then we get one person who does it, and they come on the Facebook page, which the Dinner yeah. Party Show is our Facebook page. That's come join us there and talk to us. But, and they'll do it, and they'll have big opinions. They'll watch in advance, and it's they'll great. say, "Yeah."
0: But one of the biggest opinions we ever had was, "Oh my God, I so much prefer hearing you guys I, tell me the story of yes. this because these are because I can't stand watching them." I was like, "Okay."
1: Well, and this is especially true of the show we're going to talk about today, which is Dateline. Which, if you stream it, the gaps that they insert for the commercials and the teases or whatever they call those when they come back and they recap, those are very glaring when you watch them in streaming. So you get to avoid those today It's so the
0: one us. thing I miss about TiVo. TiVo used to be, it was a great thing when it came out, and then I don't know who took over the company, but they ruined it. Mm-hmm. Um, they ruined TiVo. Um, they became kind of shady, I think, yeah. and not particularly good product. Um, but... Really brilliant. And they used to have this thing called Skip. And watching Dateline with Skip was amazing. Because if you just set it to Skip, it would just jump past all of those things. And if you were watching, when you got to the part where they start the recap at the end of each segment, Mm -hmm. you just hit Skip and it would jump right to the start. Get out. It was so dreamy. It was like, I really, truly missed that. I've gotten pretty good at it with the Amazon Fire. Um, Dateline is on Peacock. Right. Um, which we uh, subscribed to. We gave them a bunch of shit. Because a bunch of they, shit. Because most people, and it's really still largely the case, most owners of streaming services, HBO Max, for instance, still doesn't understand how streaming works. No. Like, if, if your streaming service is telling you how many people watched a particular show, they don't understand how streaming works. Mm. Because... It's not about how many people watch. It's about how many people subscribe. Right. And none of them are talking about that. I just... I there, don't...
1: There's a popular uh, entertainment industry newsletter here called The the Ankler, which I think I've mentioned a few times before. And he gets a little overwrought about stuff. But his latest theory about Peacock is that they're not even trying on purpose because they're doing the let the the big fish go after each other and fail. (laughs) like Because some of these streaming platforms are going to fail, right? Everybody's gone all in. They've invested all this capital. And then he thinks Peacock is just sitting in the back waiting to either merge with one of them or just sort of move up to the front when there's blood all over the field. Step over the bodies right. and be the only one
0: left standing by virtue totally. of just having hung out at the punch bowl until the party was I over.
1: I swear to God. But we are very excited and about I do something. love me some peacock. Yeah. yeah, and especially this forthcoming series, The Thing About Pam with oh, Renee Zellweger. Oh, yeah. my
0: God. Yeah. You probably have listened to us talk about this before oh it started. I, I've i told you that I have this, I have a serious Dateline problem. Mm-hmm. And if I turn on the television and Dateline is already on, it is not possible. Even if it's like 15 minutes before the end or halfway over, what I cannot turn it off. No, I have to watch. And as a result, I saw a show called... The thing about Pam, and I think I may have called you the same night and said, yeah. Christopher, you have to find this episode of
1: Dateline and see. And it. I was you like, and I thought I was like, it. Mr. Dateline. I was like, nobody tells me about Dateline.
0: You have got, to, I was like, nothing I had ever Blew seen my mind. before. Just, it is the most amazing. And Apparently they thought so too because they've recapped it, expanded it. They did a podcast. podcast
1: which I listened to. Yeah. They did a podcast and now they're doing this dramatic series with Renée Zellweger and there's some other stars in it whose names I'm blanking on, but the trailer, oh my god, go watch the trailer cuz it's she's so Pam. amazing. She's just like
0: Pam. If you saw Judy
1: last year,
0: wasn't that the name of it? Um, or a year before last where Renée Zellweger played Judy Garland. I didn't see it. She no. won the Academy Award for it. It was I had to remind myself consciously while I was watching it that this is not Judy Garland. Wow. We are not watching Judy Garland because she was that convincing. That's cool. I've seen the shots of her as Pam already and it's... Anyway, so it's Dateline Month. Okay, so it's
1: Dateline, right. That's another reason we're talking about a Dateline. But this episode is called Family Affair. It's episode three, season 21. And Christopher is through talking about that. Well, I was sort of like, we were just chatting, and I'm looking at all my notes, and there's just, there's a lot to this episode. There's a lot to get there. We better get to Christopher's notes, because that's really the main thing everybody tunes in for. South Florida. Picture it. South (laughs) Florida. (laughs) Yeah. Dateline always gives you, like, a little teaser of what's to come, which can be sort of annoyingly spoilery. I like to start at the beginning of the story. I don't need no framing device. So um, we are being given an introduction to what South Florida was like 50 years or more ago. And it was a swinging happening place. It was a destination for the Rat Pack. Ever heard of them? And... Uh, Onto this scene comes a hotel developer named Benjamin Novak, and he builds what arguably becomes one of the most uh, ritzy destinations in the area, and that is the Fountain Blue Hotel. And I have actually stayed at the Fountain Blue Hotel.
0: Wow. wow. Everybody drank. At <laughs> the end. This is the end of our True Crime TV Club. Um, Would you like to tell us about your stay at.
1: I Tom don't Blue? know if I have much to say. Can you I remember was it? At it, all was early, you? Early, it was the early 90s. So I was like 11 or 12, and it was pre Tale of the Body Thief. So mom was researching Miami because Tale of the Body Thief, the first part of it, is set there. Right. Miami, the vampire city. Um, and so we stayed there, and it was a. It was like a big, oddly shaped hotel because it is oddly shaped. It's like a curvilinear, I don't even know. It's not a right. parabola, but it's half of one. But it's
0: so that everybody's facing the
1: beach. Right. And it cl- had a dining room that I think harkened back to the old school, like jungle wallpaper kind of stuff, but it just felt... And the pool was like... Joan Crawford was working enormous. as the hostess. She was. Joan Crawford was... Everyone was smoking all the time. Well, I'm sure that um, was true in the 90s. My father had a pipe. No. Um I really... And that was it. I just remember Mom saying that in South Florida, unlike on the West Coast, as we were saying earlier, when the sun went behind a cloud, the temperature didn't fall. Like here, the temperature immediately drops. Yeah. In Hawaii, she said the same thing. Anyway, so... um but in the fifties, it was really swinging. It was happening. It was the place to be. And Ben Novak needed a hot wife who could act as his hostess and mingle with all of the clients and the guests. And he met a woman named Bernice who was gorgeous and sociable. She and really all was those good things. He was
0: very lucky to get her. They showed pictures of yeah. both of them, and it must have been a really nice hotel because yeah,
1: she was she was something. Um, they had a child, Ben Novak Jr. He was a spoiled kid and a brat, apparently, according to the staff at the hotel. Um, they lived in the penthouse suite of the hotel, which I just think is the coolest That thing. just
0: sounds like, that's that's the Sandpiper.
1: That's yes. the story.
0: Living in the penthouse at the hotel that you only open three months a year and the rest of the year is just this big,
1: giant. <laughs> <place>. <laughs> I don't know, though. A hotel that's not open, that's a little Shining for me. Like, that's like... Yeah, I just yeah. think that... What a, yeah, I think the people on the Shining are a bunch of pussies. <laughs> <laughs> they just didn't know what they had
0: having a hotel all to yourself sounds like a dream come true
1: tell the ghost to fuck off you're you're gonna right? run up and down the
0: halls in absolutely. your underwear absolutely I swear to god like yeah it's like hell is other people so right. why invite them <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, so speaking of hell as other people, Ben was apparently not a very well-liked child, and he didn't have any friends, so they would have birthday parties for him that consisted of the children of people who were staying in the hotel. Oh, just such a strange yeah. childhood. That's so fucking weird. And uh, he becomes obsessed with Batman. He sort of falls into this fantasy world. He becomes a big collector of Batman. I mean, and they showed the collection. It was... Yeah.
0: So he bought... Adam West Batmobile from back in the right. 1966 television show version of right. Batman.
1: By the late 70s, Miami has taken a turn. It is no longer a trendy destination. It is the Miami that we will later see on the Golden Girls <laughs> and the Golden Palace. If you're watching that on Hulu, um, the Ben Novak uh, Senior loses the Fountain Blue Hotel in bankruptcy, and he dies soon after. But his son Ben Jr., who apparently was such a nightmare, but has become a successful businessman, and he organizes conventions. That is his business. He will, he travels to these large hotels and puts these conventions together and deals with the vendors. and um, He's grossing something on the order of fifty million dollars a year, which is like holy mother. Because back then, that's like that's a, that's a good
0: living now, but back in yeah, whenever this was taking place, we're talking about what the early 80s I wasn't or?
1: clear on when he got into this business but it has to be around then right cuz right, with the late 70s yeah. rolling
0: into the the 80s and so i figure if he's making 50 million dollars a year that's some
1: bank I, I also like was he making 50 million dollars a year he's when his it. father lost the hotel to bankruptcy could he not help his father did he not want to i imagine that's a pretty big note on a giant hotel
0: yeah i probably it was beyond and it probably wasn't worth it yeah, like one of the reasons he's banking this much money is that he runs this business out of his house. He's yeah. not having like the the problem with the Fountain Blue is or any of those hotels is how much it costs to keep them up all year round. That's sort of the the fantasy part of the Sandpiper is that right. Michael makes enough money in the summertime to pay for the hotel the rest of the year. That's that's rare.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: Usually, totally. be the the amount to keep a hotel up and running is a big nut to crack yeah, every Yeah, you month. would have and,
1: to be like a, winter, a summer bed and breakfast, like you close for the winter in Provincetown or yeah, something like that, but a giant hotel. The hotels I've worked yeah. with
0: are always looking for additional profit centers. Like, yeah. it happens here in Los Angeles, the restaurants and the bars at the hotel will frequently become noteworthy destinations all on their own because they're generating income. For the rest of the property.
1: And and pinging back off the Sapphire Cove thing, one of the, I stayed at the Ritz-Carlton and Laguna Niguel years ago, and they said it was the most profitable Ritz-Carlton in the entire chain because there was no off-season. Because the sun never goes down right. in Orange County. You know, we, there's no winter. Anyway. Right, there's no down off-season. So, uh, Ben Jr., pursues the same relationship goals as his father. He goes out looking for a beautiful, sociable wife that he can introduce to his business instead, associates. And instead, he meets a stripper named Narcy.
0: And I let us just pause for a moment to appreciate that name. Like, wow. Let's, you know, let's say dramatic
1: foreshadowing
0: and just see where that takes us. Right. But her name was actually Narcy. Narcy,
1: that was her name. Swear to God, Narcy, which is could be seen as short for narcissist. Um, she is, uh, she has emigrated here from Ecuador with her daughter May. Um, she's working as a stripper, allegedly to support May. Uh, she meets Ben in the club. May uh, is the... Cent- we uh, we should set this up. May has been the center of this episode right along, and we're not right. entirely sure why. We know something bad is going to happen to her. They've teased it. They've done little cl- teasing clips of it, but that's all. Uh, so yeah.
0: she is the... Other than the, the regular narrator, she's the voice of this show.
1: So they get together, and they send May to boarding school when she is eight years old, which is a choice. Uh, and she says, The best thing about my childhood is that it's over. Right. <laughs> Yeah, like... she was. She had. She was a young woman who had been to Al-Anon.
0: Yeah, <laughs> she had learned
1: not to be codependent. She had
0: accepted the reality of her situation. She, yeah. she didn't seem angry about it anymore. She'd moved, worked her way through that, but she was not kidding herself about any golden hued halcyon days of her youth. Mm-hmm. That that didn't happen, and she wasn't pretending that it had.
1: No, so. um I think, what what happens, I'm looking at my notes, she, May has two children.
0: Yeah, yeah, that was,
1: the children just keep coming with
0: May. There's never any sense of where they're coming from. <laughs> like, I don't know, maybe she's on the children of the month club plan or something. I don't know where that, but yeah, these children just show up. There's never any discussion of, partners or boyfriends or husbands or girlfriends or anybody. Yeah. It's just children just keep arriving for some reason in May's life. And we don't know why. And she doesn't bring it up and neither does anybody else affiliated with the
1: show. And I think what Dateline wants you to focus on is that the, the grandchildren become her way back into the family. Yeah. That Narcy really wants to show up for the grandkids. Ben, uh, her fa- stepfather is the same way. Um, and so. <laughs> he says that Darcy was a, Terrible mother and a great grandmother. But isn't that easy? Because like you just do the fun stuff as a grandmother, right? You just like here are the presents and here's whatever, right? Yeah, but you know you could do anything <laughs> as a mother and be better than, than Marcy. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> That's right, at Facebook.com slash The Dinner Party Show. No, I meant in the car.
0: Hi, I'm Eric Shaw Quinn, and I'd like to take a moment to congratulate my co-host and producing partner, Christopher Rice. He's got not one, but four new books coming out in 2022.
1: So um, May has had a couple children. They have kind of brought her back into the family. And then Ben invites May to become part of his business, which is Ben is apparently really
0: more taken with May than Narcy ever was. May and Ben
1: bond over the business. In spring of 2009, tragedy strikes, which is Bernice, the matriarch of the grandmother of the family, slips and has a fall and dies after struggling into the house, which is described for us very elliptically and briefly. Put a pin in that. Um... For Father's Day, because Ben is grieving his mother's loss, May decides that the gift she's going to give him is to legally become his daughter, and so she pulls the paperwork together. He's been asking for this yeah. for a while, by the way, it's not <laughs> which like, is why
0: it's a good guys. I'm going to be your daughter now. <laughs> like she didn't just spring it on. He actually had asked to adopt her more than once, and right. because he wanted the grandchildren to be part of his family and his heir, and sure. wanted May to be part of his family because. He and Darcy weren't going to have any children. They were, seems seemed like a little beyond that. No. They were at the
1: grandparents' stage already. Totally. So three months after Grandmother Bernice's passing, Ben is working on a big convention in Westchester County, New York, when hotel security is called to one of the suites. And in the room, they find a 58-year-old man has been found bound and bludgeoned to death in the bedroom of the suite. It's Ben Novak, and he has been very murdered. I mean... Really murdered. Like, like his eyes were gouged out. Yeah, like it's hideous. Like it's a really horrible murder. There's blood everywhere. So we're, inter- we're introduced to Sergeant Terry Wilson from the local police department. He, t- he describes how he discovered the body, the condition of the body. May and Narsi are escorted to nearby hotel rooms to give statements separately. Uh, Narsi tells the cops that Ben was up all night working on convention details and that he didn't go to bed until 6.30 a.m., Narcy says she then went downstairs to organize breakfast for the convention guests, which is confirmed by the hotel security video. Um, May was also with her for part of this and confirmed the story. Yes, she did this and she but went downstairs. But she there also she seemed
0: that. really surprised. She, they didn't ever really, they didn't draw much of a line under it, but it seemed like she was a little surprised that Narcy came to help with breakfast. She was like, "There was two thousand people there, so I was glad for the help." Right. Yeah. But it seemed like she was not expecting to see Narcy helping oh, out I with breakfast. It just was catch. her tone. Yeah. It was yeah. just her tone. I, I may be mistaken, but that was what
1: it seemed to be implied to me. This was one of those rare things. I won't get us too far, of course. Like It was a 45-minute dateline, yeah. and I thought it could have been a two-hour dateline, because sometimes the two-hour datelines, I'm like, wow, there is not two hours here. They have bloated this up. But there was, I, I sensed a lot of condensation happening here.
0: There was a lot of stuff that could have been added, but because they went with 45 minutes, it, it really held my attention.
1: Anyway. Yeah. So, uh, Narcy says she, uh, she tells the cops she found her husband at 7.30 a.m. when she re-entered the room and tripped over the body. Uh, the computerized key cards are all confirming the timeline of her story that she opened the door at 7.40 a.m. But overnight, there had been no key card activity at all. So Ben had to have opened the door for his killer. Maybe. I'm just going to put that out there. Um, it turns out Ben's business ran on cash, uh, which is like, you know, looks like a huge red flag because exhibitors at the conference are turning over their cash payments on site to him. He's uh, keeping them in envelopes under beds and in closets. It's and- really one of those like... Hmm, time There's, to look into Ben's business. Uh, there was like, no... This did, really right? like, sketchy. Where have I, what does your tax return look like, Ben Novak? Right, um, we made $4 last year. Here hmm. they are, here's the check. It was a rough year. I spent it in my Lamborghini. Uh-huh. Okay, so, but they said, over the course of that weekend, they'd taken in about K. Um So the police download and go through the lock activity of 450 hotel rooms. They look and see who left what room when. Um, for 450 right. rooms, they said it took two weeks. Um, Narsi then tells the detectives that something of value is missing, a gold bracelet that spelled out Ben's name in diamonds. But there's an expensive Rolex that's still there at the scene, as well as an unexplained broken stem from a cheap pair of glasses, which if you watch Dateline a lot knows, you know that means stupid killer. <laughs> 'Cause like it just screamed, wow, a dumb killer is
0: involved. Right. Stole his bracelet and <laughs> left his glasses. And- like <laughs> thank goodness he didn't drop his wallet.
1: Yeah. Um, he had bought or brought, excuse me, a rare and valuable Batman comic from his collection to sell that weekend. So they think was that a possible motive? The detectives are. They worth, didn't
0: say whether or not it was missing. I assume it was still there, but like they I were said, like.
1: Like condensation yeah. on this one. There was a lot of. Anyway. So the detectives start to piece together the family picture. It's very unflattering, <laughs> as we've already discovered. <laughs> At least. Um, May starts to think that her mother, Narsi, isn't showing appropriate emotions. For instance, she has no reaction to seeing her husband's body in the morgue apparently. Yeah. Watching her describe her mother, see the man that she loved beaten to a pulp. was, yeah, it was harsh. Yeah. Um, she, Narcy around this time starts to confide in, in the female detective working the case that her husband liked to be tied up in bed, which nothing wrong with that, but he was tied up at the crime scene. So it seems to suggest some sort of was an escort or a hookup involved. Um, Narcy and May both agree to get polygraphed. Then Narcy suddenly gets cold feet. She doesn't want to do it. Then she agrees. May passes. Narcy really, 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 really doesn't pass. The like, machine catches fire. <laughs> yeah, it starts as screaming. Do, as do her pants. <laughs> uh, um. So they return to Florida separately and this is the part where I'm like, what are you guys leaving out of this story? This is the one that just absolutely blew me out of the water. So May has clearly turned on her mother. She thinks her mother had something to do with this. She is working with the police in New York, and they've clearly asked her to go into Ben's home office and go through his files, look for something. And they never suspicious. say if any, is it anything? Suspicious? It's not they don't say something specific. Um yeah. So she goes, they get to the house, she goes into the home office, she turns around, and there is her mother with a fucking crowbar. And we see, there's security camera footage, right, from the house yeah. of this old woman with a fucking crowbar. Attacking her own daughter. Yeah. Calling her a traitor. Right. Seriously injuring her. Hit her with the crowbar on the arm. They show the bruise. Yeah, if she held yeah. up her arm to defend herself, she would have hit her in the head yeah. if she hadn't held up her arm. Totally. Um And so at this point, May is convinced. She says she believes that her mother killed Ben so that she would get his $10 million estate and not May, because May was actually next in line. So May files a civil suit against her mother, arguing that the probate court shouldn't give Ben's money to his murderer, obviously. The probate court doesn't render an immediate decision, but they freeze Ben's assets until one can be made. Um, and then they discover that Narsi has cleaned out the man's safe deposit boxes illegally. This is one of those stories where it's like right. if you put this in a movie, people would say it wasn't believable. She just talked her way into these safety deposit boxes. Yeah,
0: because it was not her name was not on the list. She yeah. just went in, lied about who she was, and took the. Uh Cleared out the safe deposit box, but it also leans into the question of the all cash business. What was Eww, in these safe deposit totally. boxes that needed cleaning out that would yeah. have been, yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, Narsi hires New York attorney Howard Tanner, who I feel like I have, if I haven't seen him on Dateline before, I'll see him on Dateline again. We all will. <laughs> <laughs> so Tanner says in the fine print of Ben Novak's will, May is next in line if Narcy is out of the picture. So he says clearly May is going after her mother because she wants to inherit everything. And if she puts her mother but in she prison, she But she doesn't. She, she,
0: get, she inherits $150,000 and then her children become the heirs to the estate. Absolutely.
1: Um, so Narcy accuses May of the murder for that reason. Uh, they attend the funeral and ignore each other. Her mother comes with armed bodyguards, and May claims one of the bodyguards flashed his weapon at her children, like, opened his coat so that the kid, the child, could see. Yeah, charming. Charming, charming. Narcy. Then we're introduced to Gary Fetters. He's an investigator in Miami Springs, Florida, who comes out of nowhere, and I'm like, more Florida. I don't know if I can handle more Florida. Where's Amy Bellino? Let's get our Florida correspondent on this. (laughs) He doesn't know a damn thing about the Novak murder, but he gets a letter out of the blue, which is written in Spanish, which basically lays out a blueprint for the murder, naming names, citing motivations, the works. So this detective calls our Sergeant Wilson up in Westchester County, New York, and shares this story with him. And the story is that Narcy's brother, Cristobal Belize, hired some thugs to kill Novak Jr. um, And... You know, the names are all in there. So they go and they track down the brother who lives in Philadelphia. This is the New York detectives now who are working the case up in the Northeast. They sit down at his kitchen table, and it's covered in Western Union receipts. (laughs) just like, to the the murderer, to, (laughs) to the hired
0: killer. Murder fee. Right. Like, it's just like the most incriminating, like oh, okay, well, they really should have just left their wallet at the crime scene if we're going to be this bad about it. Yeah,
1: I really, like, and he was a bus driver, so there was no other reason, compelling reason for him to be sending that many money orders in, like, one stretch. And he gets up to go to the bathroom, so they're, like, copying everything down because it's before you
0: could just take a picture of everything with your cell phone, I guess. But, like,
1: it was just the most. This is the – later in the month, we're going to visit another big crime with some really dumb killers. (laughs) Tell him. (laughs) But um, this was one. So they find security footage of him making the wire payment or one of those money orders that we saw to a guy whose last name was Garcia. But the cameras on the receiving end where the wire was taken in are on the fritz, so they can't get images of the guy. And they only have a last name. And they said that in Miami, Garcia is like Smith. There's so many Garcias. They said in it was Miami. like
0: Murphy in Boston. <laughs> is that what
1: they said? <laughs> It's like, yep, that's going to be hard to narrow down. <laughs> or Landry in New Orleans. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. So they search the brother's cell. Self- oh wait, am I missing something? No, yeah, they search the brother's cell phone records. Right, this is Narcy's brother again with the money orders on his table, and they find frequent phone calls to a woman in Miami who turns out to be Garcia's ex-girlfriend. Because Garcia has stolen her phone or her old phone and is still using it, and she has not shut it off, maybe because they're still, you know, getting together every now and then, and right. he's really good at it. or a few she doesn't things.
0: know he has it, or he's not running up the bill any, or
1: whatever. And she uh, gives them the detail that he has the bad eye he because that's his eye.
0: name, bum eye, bum eye <laughs> Garcia, bum eye Garcia. So they've narrowed it down to bum eye, bum eye Garcia, which is like, I'm sorry, is this a cartoon? Wait, are you serious? Yes.
1: I missed that word. I thought you were just being smart. No. His, he goes by Bum-Eye Garcia? His, oh yeah, that God. was his nickname. Okay.
0: I was like, oh my God, and they show you the picture, and it's like- He is a cartoon character. They're not getting.
1: And I think somebody, he tried to get up on the wrong person, and that person gave him the bum eye because it looked like the result of an injury. It didn't, you know. Um, He's got an arrest record, too. I don't know. He went to a plastic surgeon. Could you give me a
0: bum (laughs) eye on this side? Yeah, I think it was definitely not a good thing.
1: I just. uh, (laughs) All (laughs) right. I'd like the Kardashians to have a bum eye on one side. I'd like to get a bum eye. Um, asymmetry is in. So they find Garcia on, they they find this guy on the Westchester County Hotel security footage, right? <laughs> like lurking behind <laughs> Ben in the lobby. Like,
0: Terrible. I mean, it's
1: like a cartoon character. Yeah. It's like, Did Wiley Coyote plan this? Like, what the hell? He's holding a a round bomb with a a fuse that's going like a big bomb on it. Bomb. Um, X's where their eyes used to be, and he kind of did. And so they play a tape recording for Garcia when they bring him in for questioning. That's Narcy's brother basically telling the cops everything and giving them Garcia's full name. So, absolutely no (laughs) honor among these thieves. No. Um, the Pictures. cell phone towers by the hotel show that Narsi's brother was near the hotel on the day of the murder, and it looks like he provided the getaway car. Again, this is Cristobal, the bus driver with all the money orders in Philadelphia. Um, they offer the hitmen a deal. They say if you testify against Narsi and her brother, um... You'll wait. I missed this episode. Your life
0: is still over, but it won't I be know.
1: as over as it might be. They take the if death,
0: the full grab.
1: the yeah. death penalty's off the know. table or something like that. You, you'll only get life if you testify. Against it will her. suck somewhat less It'll, if you testify right.
0: against these other people. We'll see that you get Kentucky Fried Chicken once a month in prison right. or
1: whatever. They offer them something. I don't know what it is because doesn't turn out great. Garcia shocks them all by revealing there's a murder they don't know about, and one on the way. And then they cut to a commercial because that's the dateline way. Remember that fall, grandmother Bernice and took? I actually screamed
0: at the television set when they first said. I said, "Oh, I don't think so." <laughs> you
1: knew she. Had I knew been it there. from a. I knew it. <laughs> I missed it. I just thought, well, that's a lot of background. I for them yelled. I knew it when it came off. I was like, I
0: knew it. I knew it. Yeah. I knew it because I didn't believe it from the start. And because, and this is murder mystery writers mm-hmm. thinking, right? Because it's about the order in which people die. Sometimes that's how a lot of murders, murder mysteries work. You, if if the will. The first person who would have inherited his estate
1: mm-hmm. was
0: his mom.
1: Right. Yeah. So in
0: order for May to queue up Narcy, mm-hmm. you have to get mom out of the way before Ben dies. So right. you have to kill her first because if he dies first, then she gets the money and then it's whoever she leaves it to. And and Narcy is maybe off the list. Yeah. Um, So you have to kill
1: mom first and then Ben so that Narcy is next stop. Okay, but here's my question. This is a forensics files-like question. Garcia says that he hit Bernice over the head, baseball style, with a monkey wrench. How did they not detect that? There's got to be a difference between I fell getting out of the car and I was clubbed with a monkey wrench. I
0: have to say, they didn't report that detail until we got to this part of the story. And I was like... Well that seems like some really shoddy police work so she fell down so hard getting out of the car right. that she hit her head and it looked like it had been hit with a monkey wrench three times multiple times like did I was like did the
1: car roll over her or they th- I mean it's just crazy no yeah.
0: and when you look when they showed photos from the scene it really did look like just flecked with blood on mm-hmm. the door so maybe the damage was internal like maybe yeah, maybe so maybe it didn't you know actually you know break the yeah I don't want to get too graphic but right. you know what I mean maybe all of the damage was inside of the skull her skull was cracked but the the bleeding was internal enough that yeah. that when they saw her it looked like oh she hit her head mm-hmm. she was crawling for the uh the door to the house and she died uh in the garage and they were like and you know maybe that happens more often in that part of the world, you know, the retirement part of the world than they think. And I don't know. Maybe they need to look into more Grandma Fell Down in the Garage cases. Yeah,
1: but particularly if people are looking to inherit... I mean, I think old, old wealthy people are an endangered species, according to these crime documentaries. Absolutely. Like, very like, old,
0: very rich, bad cough. That's right. no. what a lot of these girls like Narcy go looking for, or right. boys like yeah, some totally. of the other. Yeah, there's mm-hmm. plenty of those, too, in these.
1: Well, it's it's very sad, and it turns out that there is also a hit out on May, that Narcy has taken out a hit on her own daughter. Oh, my God, and this daughter. is my favorite detail in the whole story. So she's terrified when she finds this out, and she asks for money from the feds to move apartments because this has been a multi-state investigation so the feds are involved. Um, that's me knowing crime stuff. Uh, the feds say, yeah, it's going to take us some time to process the paperwork. And she's like, what? There's a hit out on my life. So the female detective from Westchester County gives her $5,000, gives her a loan so that she can relocate.
0: And they take her off the case and yeah. she said, you I know, care. I felt like it was the right thing to do because if they turned up, she and those kids had turned up dead. Yeah. Yeah. I would have just, that would not have been okay with me, so yeah. it was fine if they took me off the case. And God, she got full credit on this show, so. Yeah, I'll tell And you.
1: probably in real life, too, because everybody else went down. I mean, really. So a year after Ben's murder, Narsi is indicted. She and her brother are charged with racketeering and conspiracy, witness tampering as well. Garcia testifies that Narcy let them into that hotel room in New York City. That is why there was no key card activity. They were
0: like in contact. She was like, okay, it's time. Come on. Right. Coast is clear. So they drove over, went in. She opened the door, let them in, and then she went downstairs to help with
1: breakfast after they'd finished murdering him so that she would have a good alibi. And, oh, by the way, and we're going to save this until the very end, Ben had a mistress that Narcy had found out about and gone and confronted so, hence the eyes, hence, hence the, yeah, hence the murder plot. <laughs> the nine week trial culminates in Narsi and her brother being found guilty of racketeering and conspiracy in the death of Ben Novak Jr. and his mother, Bernice. Narsi spoke with Dateline by phone from prison and claimed she was innocent. They do not share any of this call with us. I don't know why that is. Usually they love those jail. I've seen keith um morrison sit by a speakerphone and let somebody in prison yell at him for five minutes so he can you know clap back at the guy but there is none of that call here and again there may be a two-hour version of this floating around out there there i actually realized i had downloaded an audiobook about this case that i didn't really know much about but because it had the fountain blue hotel in it i thought it would be research (laughs) little did i know it's really
0: it was it was quite the we we were drawn to it. I noticed the the description and we wanted something that would be a true crime TV club. That would be a nice pairing with Christopher's, absolutely nothing like this
1: uh, ro- hotel-based romance series that he's launched this very week. There's a scandal at the hotel in my book, though, and it involves the security camera system. That's all I'll say. So, But, yeah, no murder. There's no murder, no bludgeoning, no blood. Not everybody's the...
0: Everybody's eyes are
1: intact everybody's, from beginning yeah. to end,
0: and nobody is nicknamed Eye,
1: Bum-Eye. Bum-Eye. Bum-Eye Garcia. Yeah. yeah. Jesus. Wow. What would your criminal nickname be if you were going to be a criminal? You wouldn't be a criminal like this, though. You would be like a con artist or a confidence man. (laughs) I would be the criminal mastermind. (laughs) Bitchy Shaw (laughs) Quet. Bitchy Shaw.
0: Bitchy. (laughs)
1: Bitchy. Yeah, you're so (laughs) hip-hop. Bitchy Shaw Quet. Bitchy Shaw Quet. All right. All right, that's enough of this true crime TV club but next week we'll find out Christopher's uh, criminal name. Uh, oh yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, I don't, I'll have to next week by next, the, week. next week. Okay. Um we're doing something special. Do you want to know why? Do you remember why we're doing something special next we're week? We're doing something special next week? Yeah, because it's our birthdays. Mm-hmm. So we're not going to tell people what we're doing, just that it's what we want to do. You may not like it, party people, but tough shit. It's our birthday. So we get so to we do, can what we do want. it after
0: the fuck we want to. So tune in next week and find out what we want to do for our birthdays. <laughs> but we're eating, all, spoiler alert, we're eating all the cake and keeping all the favors.
1: Yes, yeah, sir. Yes, sir. Until then and forever. After, I'm Christopher Rice. And I'm Eric shaw And you've been listening to TDPS Presents Christopher and Eric. Thanks. This is TDPS.